The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I think sometimes people think like BDSM is very serious, you know? Right. You just like get in this role and you're like tied up. And yeah. Like every, it's all like, like whips all and serious, chains and like, torture. Exactly. Like with my dogs all the time, we laugh probably more than anything mm-hmm. else during scenes. As I've explored this space a little bit, it's such an opportunity for healing. And I love that you said healing because like I've used impact play for healing all the time. Girl, I, yeah. I feel you. <laughs> Welcome back to Open Late. I am Jessica Spandiari and this is a Soul Fire production. Today, I am so stoked because we are doing a deep dive on kink and all things sexy and delicious. I have twins with me on the show today. So we have Cammie and Nikki and they live in LA. They just launched a podcast last year all about uh, power dynamics, kink, sexuality, and they're both on this journey of exploration. And we're just going to dive right in because I cannot wait another minute to ask you so many <laughs> questions that I have. Um, but thank you so much for coming over here today. Sounds good. Yeah, Thanks we're for having happy us. happy to be here. Yeah. yeah. This is Cammie. And this is Nikki. We do sound a lot alike, yeah. but hopefully you can differentiate. Yeah. Oh. I, I got them confused today when they came over because I was sure that I knew which one was taller. So I had that like in the bag. And then <laughs> and then Cammie was wearing heels. So I really fucked up. It threw off. It yeah. is A-OK. Trust me. I, I love it when our guests send us messages and they're like, we can't tell who's who. And we're like, like was that you or was that Cammie? I don't know. And then usually on the socials, she's on IG and... I guess. Well, I'm on Twitter. TikTok. Yeah, on Twitter. I'm on TikTok and Reddit. So like I, now some of the guests know like, okay, um, or some of our listeners know like if it's Reddit, Nikki's on there. If it's IG, it's usually Kimmy. So that's kind of fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that. You guys like swim in your own little communities and mm-hmm. then yes. come back to it. Yeah. Okay. So the question that's been on my mind is how did this all come about? Because I'm always like, Does kinkiness run in families? Does like, Mm. you know, uh, queerness run in families too? Because like I know in my family, we have like a lot of it and I'm always like interested. I mean, I think everybody is secretly kinky. Yeah. But how did you, both of you really want to know, discover this about yourselves and when did you start expressing, you know, your sexuality in this way? Do you want me to start? Yes. Okay. For me, and I think this is probably similar for Kimi as well. Uh, we both read a lot of reverse harem fiction in a lot of really raunchy books, um, pretty much all through like high school, college, our adult lives. Like most recently, I think, when was it? 2020, you read like like 100 books or something Oh, like that. I, so, especially during the pandemic, but even before that, when I used to live in Kansas and I was getting my master's, all I did was read raunchy sex books yeah. about- harems. I love this. Yeah. So that's pretty much how it started for the both for the both of us. And I know like in the kink community, everyone hates Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm -hmm. But I read that in like late high school, early college. And that's when I was like, kind of like this. Yeah. I kind of want this for myself. Yeah. And then uh, you read it too. We both like, did mom read it? Yes. And I want to say reading Fifty Shades of Grey was how I first, you know, 
kind of started thinking about impact play mm-hmm. and spanking. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Same. okay. Well, and so basically from there, I just kind of got to a point where I'm like, I want to actually like explore these things. Mm-hmm. So I had my first, I don't know if I call him a dom, but he was like a top. Um, but we ventured into quite a bit of, it's called breath play, which I hate that term for choking, but basically like just really intense choking. Mm -hmm. And so, but we had like a really good, he was like the first one that like, we actually put kind of like a little bit of a, like a regimen to it. Like if it was getting too much, you know, he, like I would give him like a hand signal because you can't really talk while you're getting choked out. Right. So you can't really, you know, like say green. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, um, so we had like, so that kind of thing. And then also we actually dove into aftercare, which is really nice. Mm. And then, so yeah, so he kind of like topped me and then kind of towards the, the end of that relationship, it got into like a little bit more kind of like a dominant submissive thing. Um, but I say the difference between like, I say top versus Dom because like as a top, like he was willing to receive like instruction from me, whereas with a dominant, you typically don't give instruction as a submissive, like during a scene. Got so, it. Thank yeah. you for that clarification. Cause I think people are wondering like, okay, what does a dom even mean? What does submissive even mean? Top, mm-hmm. bottom, and people think they're interchangeable, but it's good to know. So yeah, they're definitely not. So it basically means like when you're topping and bottoming, like you're able to have communication during the scene that kind of like outlines like, okay, this is good. Keep doing this, do that, whatever. Whereas like with dominance and submissive, before you start the scene, you want to lay out like, this is good. This is off the list, whatever. And then from there, you know, the dominant decides what to do, but they stay in the the boundaries of what the submissive laid out. Um, And then usually with like dominance and submissive, what you have more of like the safe words, more of kind of like that regimen, but even with top and bottoming, you can have that too. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole thing. And I didn't really learn much about it until probably like two, three, four years into like actually exploring it was when I started learning more about like the terms and, you know, all the different things. Fifty Shades touched on it a little bit, but not much. There are obviously better books out there for it. Right. Oh my gosh. Do you recommend any books like right off the top of your head? I remember when we had an episode at the Funny Dom, there's the Topping and the Bottoming book. Those are pretty well known. Um, And then there was a memoir called Daddy. I haven't read the whole Mm. thing, but it's like a really, it's it's a really nice kind of, it is memoir. Anyway, she's talking about like her journey with it all. And it's really like touching. So cool. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. So with that first Dom, you started to explore like having an actual container and having like agreements and mm-hmm. boundaries and, you know, and communication. So you yeah. like upped your communication. Yeah. And I think probably one of the big things there was that it was the first time that I was like really willing to like let someone take me to like the very edge mm. of that. And now it's because I trusted that person. So it's like I knew that, you know, and we had a lot of fun with it. Like it was very playful. I think sometimes people think like BDSM is very serious, you know, right. you just like get in this role and you're like tied up. And yeah. Like everyone's it's all like, like whips all and chains and like, torture. Exactly. Like with my doms all the time, we laugh probably more than anything mm-hmm. else during scenes. So same with that one as well. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my journey with it. And now like I have two doms. There are a couple. It's a fa- uh, male and a female dom. They're both pro doms. I talk about them on the show all the time. Like I absolutely love them and they've taught me probably by far the most. Mm. So that was, that was my journey with it. Cool. Okay. I want to, I have so many questions about that, but I also want to know how did this develop for you? Okay. So you go from reading books to what? Well, well, I'll backtrack a little bit. So when I first read 50 Shades of Grey, like I was saying, like that's when 
I wanted to get into Impact Playwright. So at the time, I had this boyfriend and <laughs> I would ask him, not make him, ask him to put me over his knee mm-hmm. and spank me. And he thought it was the weirdest thing, but he was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Wait, who was this? Do I know them? Really? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I can see you. If He's you can, so vanilla. If you can hear that name, just bleep out. <laughs> yeah, we'll bleep out that name. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would actually make him, or not make him, ask him to put me over his knee and spank me. And that's when I really started to like, like being hit mm-hmm. in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started reading a lot of reverse harem fiction, which... A lot of the times the books, it's more so like, you know, polyamorous relationships, but, you know, you do have the dynamics in which they do explore kink. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, this was after college, I was more so with my ex-fiance and I wouldn't say we explored it too much. Like he, I, I bought my first butt plug. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we, I started buying my first few little toys and we would start playing with that. And I would, it would, I would give him some instructions here and there. So then it would be like a little bit of top bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to last year, actually, I met this guy on Hinge and right from the beginning, it, I want to say it kind of went straight into Dom Sub, but it actually kind of more started out with like heavy top bottom situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I explained before, um, he and I did five months of what we called blowjob lessons. So that is when I like truly learned, I would say, submission. And we started, I started like really accepting the fact that I love being a little Mm-hmm. which a little is, you know, when you have a daddy dom and as a little, it kind of plays into your inner child, you know, it can be as extreme as, you know, having a pacifier and teddy bears or, you know, you can make it your own. I more so just like the where the headspace I'm in as mm-hmm. a little in which I'm more, I'm just a little bit more like, and it kind of sounds bad, but I'm a little bit more childlike mm-hmm. and he takes care of me. So we were that for a little bit. And then we, on on the side of that, we tried to do a relationship at the same time. And I had I was also trying to get over my ex and I had been dating other people and it got a little messy um, trying to bring a relationship into it. So we kind of stopped doing the dom sub for a while. And now I'm like, okay, well, I haven't done it in a while. I kind of miss my subspace. I, but right now I'm working on myself and then once I'm ready, I will search for another daddy dom. Okay. Amazing. I love hearing that. And it's, I think that so many people, whether they go full into the like daddy dom, little girl situation, but if you think about couples, even like, you know, for people listening that like, that find themselves like baby talking, right? With Mm -hmm. their partner. I think that everyone's like, oh, that's not for me. That's so out there. But it's actually like, No, there is a part of all of us, I think, you know, that really enjoy that full surrender of like knowing that someone's going to take care of you because so many people didn't get it from their parents. And I think that, you know, as I've explored this space a little bit, it's really it's such an opportunity for healing. Mm -hmm. It's such an opportunity for like growth and reparenting. 
Um, and I just like love hearing that, you know, this was sparked out of like your joy of reading these books, but then you acted on it mm-hmm. because so many people won't do it. They'll have the fantasies and maybe even talk about it with their partner, but don't like bite the bullet mm-hmm. and go and find these situations or create them with their, with their partner. I would yeah. say like finding my subspace was one of the most amazing things that happened last year because it is a place that I truly, truly enjoy being in. And that's, you know, for me, I used to be in that space two to three, four times a week. You know, now I'm like, I don't know, I I haven't had it in a while and I miss it, but it's, you know, it's that true submission, but it's also, like you said, it's a place of healing. It's Mm -hmm. for me, I call it a whole nother realm um, for me to go into. And it's a like a very safe space. So. Yeah. Do you have like rituals that you would do to kind of get into the space of play? So you're just like before you walk into a scene or before you like go see would go see your dom or go see your doms. Like what's that look like? I'd say at least for when I go see my doms, usually like what we'll do is we'll all kind of like cuddle together and like discuss what we want to. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is like every time we have this discussion, they're like, what do you want to feel? And I'm like, and they're like, or what do you feel and what do you want to feel? Mm. And so a lot of times, like last night, for example, I was like, I did go see them and I was like, I'm feeling touch deprived. I want impact play with a lot of touching because like, I just feel like I haven't had like a lot of touch recently. And so like those kind of things help kind of prepare like as you're thinking like what do I want to feel and you start trying to connect into those feelings and like Mm -hmm. the things that you want to get out of it um so that's always really nice like those discussions and then we'll kind of like get in a little cuddle puddle for a little bit and just kind of like start out you know kind of slow and then from there usually as kind of like we're prepping stuff whether it be like the rope or the toys or whatever and it's like a whole it's a whole regimen from there, like if we're going to go into Shibari, then, you know, he'll like put us in positions and, you know, tie us up. And then like there's a whole warm up if you're going to do impact play. Um, and then kind of like once you come out of it, then we'll like cuddle again for like the aftercare. And then if we move on to something else and, you know, we kind of go into that. And then at the very end, more aftercare. Mm-hmm. And usually we'll have like a discussion about, you know, how we like things and so that's that's kind of like the whole process. I would say usually it's like a couple hours. Yeah. Where like, you know, vanilla sex, like you get in, it's like 30 minutes, wham, bam, like done, which is a shame. 30 minutes if you're lucky. But like with this, it's like a whole process. Like yeah. I know when I'm going to go see them, like we're going to be there for a while and we're going to explore and like we take our time with everything. It's very rewarding. And I love that you said healing because like I've used impact play for healing all the time, Mm. all the time. If I know I need to feel like if I have pain in my body and I know I need to like feel it and like release it, I go ask them to just literally beat the hell out of me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I feel you. (laughs) I get that. I get that so much. Sometimes Nikki comes home and the bruise. And I know she loves her bruises, but I see him with them. I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? She's like, oh, it was great. I'm like, oh. I'm big on marks. I lo- I have a primal kink. And so I mm. love marks. Yeah. I love marks too, actually. And it's interesting when I, when you first reached out and we started talking about this, I was sharing how Pasha and I have recently gotten back into impact play. Mm-hmm. It was a big part of our relationship in the very beginning yeah. when we first started dating. And like, as we got married, And I mean, this is like eight years ago. We didn't have structure around our Mm -hmm. play. 
we just sort of went into it because neither of us had any idea, yeah. you know, and now we're entering in, in a new way that feels a bit more structured. And for me, I like, I love impact play and I like it with a paddle. I prefer like, you know, using something other than a hand, love the marks, mm-hmm. but it has this ability to shift me like way out of any work that I'm doing, mm-hmm. anything that's on yep. my mind and you get present and in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I'm fully there. I've like arrived for this experience yeah. rather than like you're saying, just getting it in and, you know, we have amazing sex, but when we're both fully present because we're, we have this like activity that has limitations and can be painful. So there's a lot of communication. It just really brings us to a new space. And mm-hmm. then anything that happens after that is like elevated and heightened. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And Love I think marks. like entering in and out of that space is, you know, kind of like in relation to your question, like those things that can, that are part of like the regimen, at least for me, is like what really like brings me into the moment and allows me to be present. So I love Shibari for that reason. Like the rope mm-hmm. really like kind of grounds me and brings me into the scenario. And then um, like, and just puts me in my subspace. And then like, you just, you know, as things go, you know, you kind of start feeling that high of subspace, which is really nice. And then I am also a switch. So like I, I'm both a dominant and a submissive Mm. and in exploring my switchy side, my dominance, getting into that space is a whole different thing for me. But, um, but I do it best also through impact play. So like when I start yeah, um, impact on like any submissives that I have or bottoms, like that's how I get into the space like most easily. So, yeah. I like that you mentioned that at the beginning for you and Pasha, you didn't really have like structure to it because mm-hmm. that's kind of how me and my dom were. It wasn't yeah. the only, really the only structure that we had was, and this will sound very, you know, Christian Grey and Anastasia, but <laughs> he had me get on my knees in front of him with mm-hmm. my head slightly bowed. Um, and that was kind of how we started. So yeah, it, it didn't really start out with a lot of structure. We would add things in, but mm-hmm. like, you know, bringing out the oils and the belts. I love belts. Um, you know, and any other toys we use that would kind of, you know, that's how we would get into our our little space and then get started. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't always have to have like true, like really rigid structure at the beginning. If mm-hmm. you're exploring it, you're welcome to just kind of try new things out and see, okay, you know, this works for me better. I like to start this way or, you know, this form of aftercare is the most beneficial for me and doesn't make me get sub drop or something like that. So it's always fun exploring how you're going to set up that structure. Yes. And I want to dive into that a little bit deeper, but really quick, what is sub drop? Because I don't think that a lot of my listeners maybe know. And we're talking a little bit about subspace, which I think you guys listening can understand that that's the headspace that you go into as you sort of get euphoric because mm-hmm. a lot of this play will put you into that like state of you know mm-hmm. elevated state, like highness. What's sub drop? So best way to do And this can happen to both the dominant and the submissive. So basically something that like you know, takes you out of the space. A lot of times it has to do with kind of like the the chemicals in your body. So like you're feeling like this high and maybe something happens and like it all kind of drops off and suddenly like you're out of that headspace. And it can happen for like a multitude of reasons. Um, I remember I mentioned once in an episode, I one of the first times I was ever topping a guy, he was like having me um, 
do like impact like on his balls anyways <laughs> really yeah he just he loved having his balls hands so, i and love he, like, yeah and he'd like tell me like harder or whatever and like i was really into it but then at one point i'm like i could legitimately hurt this guy and like that one thought took me mm. all out of it and it was kind of like a like a drop all of a sudden so it's like something that takes you out of the space drops all of that like dopamine and and all the rush and you know the, the euphoria just drops off and then now you kind of have to get back into the space so that's that's what happens that can happen for subs and doms just depends so that's why like it's you know getting present you know my doms always say like breathe and feel you know that's mm. how you stay present just mm-hmm. breathe and just feel and that's how you stay kind of like in that space but if something takes you out of it it can take a while to get back into it it's like you can't be in subspace or dom space and be like oh the dishes right like yeah you're exactly. not you're not in it at that yeah. point it, if that out. takes you out of it you're out and then you need to really come back in and like start all over. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Much. That that's, I would say that's the best way to explain it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So this, this actually, I think goes further into what I wanted to kind of talk more about is like setting up scenes and setting up sort of these dynamics, right? We talked about like entering into these things without really having a plan, without having any education mm-hmm. around it. Um, and then I love that we're talking about Fifty Shades of Grey because it hasn't been mentioned ever on this show. And I know what people really, you know, the limitations of that book in the kink community, I think, you know, it's it's very obvious that mm-hmm. the book is so limited, but I think that's a lot of people's first introduction to anything like mm-hmm. this. No, um, and in that book, they have a contract, right? That yeah. she like signs. So that never happens it in can. real life. It, it does. Can. It does. Okay. It does. But Let's talk about this. But I don't want people to get like, you know, scared from it and be like, oh my God, I have to like sign a contract before mm-hmm. I do any of this because you don't. Like you can't, I don't have a contract with my doms. Right. You know, like I don't have a contract with anyone that I've like topped or any submissive. So it's, it can happen. Some people do take it to that extent. And like, that's a beautiful thing if you do. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But like, I don't want people to think that like, oh, that's a requirement for kink. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of kind of on the subject of non-monogamy in the show, You. Mm. Um, they were going to, the third season, spoilers if anyone hasn't watched the third season of You, but they were going to play with a couple, like swing with them. Mm-hmm. And the couple had a contract. Really? Yeah. They were like, you know, outlining, it was like, an, I think it was a non-disclosure agreement. I can't remember. Anyways, all this stuff like outlining like what was okay and not okay and that level of communication is like great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with a contract in non-monogamy as well, like for swinging. Um, but at the same time, like it shouldn't scare people because like that's not what's a requirement for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, in many ways, it's just people wanting to protect themselves and yeah. protect the other person. Right. So that everyone's boundaries are communicated. So that's my question is like, how do you enter into this and communicate boundaries up front and like how your doms communicated with you to sort of create that safety container. Yeah. I mean, I think as a submissive, you really have to understand like what your limits are, what you mm-hmm. want, what you're okay with. And then from there, like before you ever get started into any sort of play with someone, like sit down and have a whole discussion, you know, like these are my limits, you know, this is green, this is, you know, like I'm willing to explore it, but you know, whatever this is off the table. And then also like a plan in place for like what you're going to use. If you want safe words, if you want to use the green, yellow, red system, the number system, like, um, so green, yellow, red to explain real quick. Mm -hmm. So like during a scene, my doms will be like, what's your color? So if I'm good, green, 
if they're doing something and it's like taking me to a point where I'm like, I need them to slow down a little bit, I'll say yellow. Okay. If they do something that I'm like, nope, red. I need <laughs> you to no. yeah, like I need you to stop. That's red. Or you can use the number system, which I like for impact play because it's um it's a little bit more like indicative of where you are like mm-hmm. on the spectrum. But they'll be like, What's your number? And I'll be like, I'm at a three out of ten. And they're like, where do you want to get to? And I'm like a five. So that tells them like they can amp it up a little bit, but like keep it to about that level. Right. So that's a good way to do it. So like as a sub, like you want to understand where you're going to fall on that spectrum, what you want to do, what you don't want, and then communicate that to your doms. And then, you know, as a dominant, you should be able to like, okay, this, these are the boundaries. This Mm -hmm. is everything that, you know, they laid out. And then from there you can get creative and and do what you want with it. I was going to say, if anyone is thinking that they're interested in the kink world they're they think they maybe want to be a dom or a sub they're not really sure where to start i would say take the bdsm test online yes there's a a really good one i love that test it's i think it it does a really good job at kind of covering all the bases and then if you're more of a visual person another show that i actually really liked watching Mm. um that had a pretty good representation of not just like regular dom sub kink but also went into like you know whether you're a furry um whether you mm. have a p- piss kink uh not a pee kink um bondage <laughs> a piss kink by the way is when you like getting pissed on or yep. pissing on people just yeah. so my listeners know that's a new discovery for me so <laughs> that you like it <gasps> nice so um it's bonding right bondage or bonding bonding it's bonding on, on netflix, netflix. I they're actually very quick episodes, but I think they do a really good because they don't know they also show um like master slave situations, mm-hmm. which and a pro dom. So like yeah, she's a pro dom in the show. So like some people hire her to do certain things, similar to my doms. You know, people hire them to mm-hmm. to take them to these spaces. Yeah, they show like fin dom sub situations, which is nice. So I love that show for just kind of seeing the spectrum of what kink can be because a lot of people also think that it's sexual it doesn't have to be sexual it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be on that note like when you said fin sub so that's like a financial dominant or financial submissive meaning like they um there's money involved so like to some extent you know like maybe they'll give you money or they'll buy you things and whether they're the dominant or the submissive then it kind of takes on that role as an example i had a fin sub so financial submissive. We never like slept together, but I'd literally be like, this is what I want. And he would tell me, he's like, I like these brands. So he likes Chanel. He likes Louboutin, Louis Vuitton. He hates Gucci. I don't know why. Um, He doesn't like, there are certain (laughs) brands he likes and doesn't like. And so I would like, I remember I picked out a pair of Louboutins and I was like, I want these. And so, and sometimes he'll like put up a little bit of a fight and he'll be like, I don't know about those. And I'm like, are you questioning my taste? And he'll be like, no, I'm not. So then he'll buy them Mistress. for me. Yeah. He actually, he never, we didn't use terms much. He called you that a few times, I would say. Yeah, but not often. Not and, often, yeah. And then, um, so yeah. So that, and then like I would reward him with like, you know, I'd be like, good boy. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, he liked to have like pictures of like if I was wearing them. Right. Just like, so sometimes I'd get ready and like I'd put the shoes on to wear them wherever and I'd just like send him a quick snap. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, look what my little good boy bought me, you know, something like that. Wow. So that that kind of dynamic, like never sexual. I never love sexual. hearing this because I think people do 
equate kink with only sex mm-hmm. and to know that it's like such a spectrum mm-hmm. of what turns people on in their lives and like turn on can be anything. I talk a lot about like, you know, activating your sacral chakra in in my work, you know, as a coach and facilitator and your turn on is like just your life force energy, right? It's like what you go out into the world and create with. And so I think that people getting that activated and getting that need met does not have to be sexual at all. Yeah, It's like all over the place. One of my favorite scenes from bonding was this guy really liked wearing a penguin costume. Mm. And having another person in a penguin costume fight him. Like, you know, like, like, this is amazing. That turned him on. Yeah. The cutest thing. So wholesome. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet. But at one point, you know, because he used to pay this pro dom to, you know, wear the penguin suit. Um, But at one point, he actually found his own partner that would wear a penguin suit and fight him. Really? Yeah. So they, so he was like, I don't need your services anymore, but thank you. And I just thought that was so endearing. I'm like, there is someone out there for everyone in the the kink community. So truly people like whatever your kink is, go explore it because there is someone out there waiting for you. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it reminds me of that point that you made earlier about like, you know, not only reading about it, but acting on it. You know, I remember in the beginning reading those books and everything. And it's just like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to give this a try. Like it's scary. Mm -hmm. And then once you finally do, you're like, why didn't I start this any sooner? Like you get one life, might as well like explore whatever it is that your mind keeps going back to. I mean, Nikki safely. was reading a reverse harem book and that's how she figured out she liked knife play. Yeah. Wow. So. Oh, my husband loves knife play. <gasps> yes. Wow. Yeah. That. And you know what? Like I'm going to commit right now on this show that we're going to do more of that because <laughs> we've done it like once or twice. And um, we just, it's actually one of those things that kind of like, scares me a bit. And mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, I haven't really fully gone there, but I think this is like a sign that I need to. <laughs> um, I'm going to send you the link to these claws that I have that are great for like sensation play that mm. mimics knife play. They're actually made by a knife maker. They're really nice. Um, and they look badass too. You feel like Catwoman when you're wearing them, but um, they're very sharp and like, it's just, they're really nice for, for yes. sensation. And yeah, I think okay. he would love them. If he likes knife play, he'd love them. Okay. Send them Nikki them. always wears them to the sex parties and she's just like, I'll just go people. scratch people and they're oh, like, what are those? And I'm that's like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I need these in my life. I want to be like Catwoman. <laughs> that's a wrap you guys. And it was so much fun. Please don't forget to leave us a review on Apple. Tell us what you loved about the show and make sure you're following Open Late, the podcast on Instagram. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.